Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtics Stuff Live with your hosts, Justin Poulin and John Duke. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your off-season Boston Celtics. That's right, folks. It's the off-season and it's preseason time. <laughs> it is so weird, dude. John, I don't even know what to say. I kind of, you know, we haven't even had the draft yet. Like I'm all out of sorts with with all of it. But uh we're here to talk about not so much the championship uh LA Lakers, I don't think. Are we? <laughs> I mean, I think we can maybe I don't know. I mean, it's really disappointing to even talk about, right? Yeah, the 17. Kind of they just tainted my number. Like, yeah. I'm in a state of total disarray right now. Right. Right. Yeah, it sucks, man. It's awful. 17 was like ours. This. Now it's theirs. Yeah, but then there's the whole Minnesota thing that you got to, you know, if you want to be real big-time salty, like like uh, like I know I know how to do. I feel like I I can I'm gonna pull that off for as long as I can. So I am not counting the Minnesota championships. I don't care what anybody says. All right, cool with me. I'm down. It Sold. makes it work for all of us. Sold. <laughs> well, that was easy. Next topic. Glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. All right, next topic, Rajon Rondo, the only player in history to get a championship with the Celtics and the Lakers. We already talked about that. Because we're not talking about Clyde Lovelett. Clyde Lovelett, was, he played with the Minneapolis Lakers, and he played with the Celtics. I guess but you have to position that as L.A. and Boston. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, right. I mean, it's it's just it kind of sucks. And I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed about it. And but yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? Good on Rondo. Uh, you know, a guy as you well recall, I was a Rondo guy from way 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 back. And so I'm glad to see it work out for him. Uh, it has not worked out for him since you know he basically tore his knee in 2013. Dan, Dan so, Greenberg says he's going to opt out. Really? Nah. Uh-huh. 
just now. Literally just now, like second seconds before we hit record. Really? Like that was a report that he was. I mean, I mean, Grady's got. Let me me pull it back up. Let me pull it back up. Yeah. Now. now Oh no! Sorry, NBA Central. And then Dan Greenberg said he retweeted with commentary. Celtics need a backup point guard for the record. Yeah, NBA no. Central said Rajon Rondo is expected to opt out of the final year of his contract and become an unrestricted free agent per Sheridan Hoop. So Chris Sheridan had oh, tip sure. basketball news. So, yeah, though, no, there's legitimacy here. Yeah, but the Celtics don't have the money to pay for him anyway, right? Yeah, so I don't want him. I don't want you him. Know, you know, I mean – the only player he, in history to win one in Boston, go to L.A., win one, and then come back to Boston and win one. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think that there's value for him in certain locations. I think there's value for him. Um, I think he's a good fit in some spots. I just don't think it's here. Um, you know, the folks do need veteran leadership, Jack. Uh, that's something that I, I'm going to want to talk a lot about because I really think that's a – that's a big deal uh, in terms of where the Celtics are right now. They're going to have to package. They're going to have to package. But they can. Yeah. they got a lot of players they could, they could potentially package, and it's not that big of a deal. I think and so. they got to make room because of all these picks. They can still have a plethora of youth to develop that's, you know, mid to mm-hmm. bottom tier but still belongs sure. in an NBA roster and at the same time combine some salaries and, and do that. You know, the problem is – a lot of questions out there about whether or not they trade Hayward too. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, that's true. That's very true, and I think that's that's absolutely uh, um, that's going to be something we're going to talk a lot about over the next few few weeks, uh, months. I don't know. I'm not sure what the <laughs> when they're going to play again, but uh, we know the draft is a month, just about a month from now, and so there's at least some certainty. And then you know. Hopefully between now and then we'll have an idea of when everything else is going to happen. But at least at the very least we'll have at least the draft. And so that's, that'll be fun for a month, you know, and then, you know, maybe we'll be able to figure out the rest of it. I mean, the other piece is the canter piece too. Um, Jared Weiss kind of reporting in the athletic that it's expected that the canter is going to try to go elsewhere as well. So in, in more localized news, I suppose, uh, that's probably the bigger story, I guess, is, you know, the fact that that $5 million will come off and, you know. And they got to pay two, Tatum, right? I mean, they got to, like, work on that extension. Yeah, he's, he's getting a max deal, right? Yeah, for I sure. Mean, there's, there's no question. There's no question he's getting maxed out and he's going to get Rose Rule stuff. And so, he, you know, I think he's he's – I can't imagine that goes any other way than that. I think it's really about the, the, the other pieces – and then, let, I mean, let's just, just throw out, since we're talking all over the map here, right? If if they do come back in somewhere between Christmas and Martin Luther King Day, right? That's kind of the window they're talking about right now. Can you really see the Celtics making major systemic changes to their roster? You know, taking away Gordon Hayward and trying to bring in, you know, uh, you know let's talk about the Oladipo and, and – uh, um, you know, that, that deal, you know, with, with Indiana, Miles Turner and Oladipo. I mean, is that, can you really see the Celtics doing that? Or 
you know, a team, it seems like that would be a situation where you'd want a lot of continuity, maybe where there's such a short turnaround between, I mean, really, it, if, if they're starting the season on Christmas, you got to think camps are opening December 1st. And that's six weeks away. Yeah, and the draft, <laughs> you know is, I mean? the draft is a month away. Camp is six weeks away, and the season is two months away. They're definitely on an accelerated schedule. Yeah. Um, and and I'm happy to see it because the more they can, you know, if they do, if they end next season on time, right, then they can get back into the right cycle you know, as things, you know, hopefully begin to return to a semi-normal. So they well, can. Will they ever? We, well, we, yeah, that's a. want to. We have. The great thing about this offseason is we'll have plenty of time. We'll have plenty of things to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I think that. The, I want to leave that on the table until after the election and into next season. And then that can be an overarching theme while we go through regular season games and await, you know, a playoffs only you know, <laughs> eight months removed <laughs> that, right. that I'm all about. I don't, but I don't want to talk about COVID until I have to. <laughs> well, right. No, I know. But I, I don't, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm just saying that in terms of Between the structure what, of the season or right. you're talking about people in the stands. No, 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 not, nothing to do with people in the stands. I'm talking just about like, you know, so part of the issue is when you start late, right? So now, you're going to get pushed, assuming you have something close to 82 games, assuming you have something close to a regular um, playoff season, you know, whether the playoffs or the bubble or whatever, let's just assume that, that the regular season structure, not fans and all that, but the regular season structure is somewhat similar. I mean, you're going to have to deal with the, uh, the Tokyo Olympics, likely. Um and then, you know, you're going to be into late August again, you know, to finish the season. There's no way you're not going to finish the season, you know, in June. You know, that's kind of traditional June to then July. Why, not? Why wouldn't they just shorten the season? Because they don't want to. Well, right. If they're not getting revenue from. from yeah, if they're not the putting band. people. Yeah, if they're not putting people in the stands in December and they're not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm trying to dodge political conversation because I'll go I down know. a. A very dark rabbit hole here. But the point yeah. is, you know, dodging that part of it, we're still, regardless of the outcome of the election, we are still not going to see full capacity in the stands until the spring at best, right? So you might as well ramp it up with the playoffs on the normal schedule and have a 50-game season. Um, plus, they don't have enough rest. Why would you give them <laughs> – they're going to get – you know, some of them got more rest than others, right? You know, depending sure. on who did what in the bubble and all of that. But the teams that were competitive, and and many of them have injuries that they're dealing with at this point, uh, if they're going to be going again in two months, a lot of those injuries aren't even going to really have a shot, you know, to totally heal. You can't go 82 games on the heels of a shortened off season. You just I can't. Know. I don't That's know. Stupid. It'd be I stupid. Don't... It, I don't it, know. It's one I thing. That, no, 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 no. If they're selling tickets, John, yes, but they're much better off getting back into playoff money and advertising and TV sooner and then getting back to full capacity fans with a regular normalized schedule. Well, I, I think so. I, I think that that's I, I hear what you're saying there. I think the part of it is there's some ulterior motives going on here as well, which are that it's not only that they want 
you know, to get, I think there's some desire to get somewhat something close to a full, a full regular season in. I don't think that they're too beholden to worry about the Olympics. And I don't think they're too concerned about um, the lateness of, of when their season ends. I frankly think they want to move the start of the regular season to Christmas, January. I don't think. Oh, you mean in to- general, that's what they, that what they would prefer yeah. the season yeah. rotate around. Yeah. Let, move it around, move it away from football. And so you're not competing with football. You're quote unquote competing with baseball. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's downsides of being in a, in a gym in, in July, but if you're avoiding hockey, you know, you, you're going to have more, your better pick with, uh, playoff, you know, uh, you know, situations in terms yeah, of when it to comes to time. stadiums. Yeah. It's a good yeah. point. When it yeah. comes to stadiums, they're sharing it with hockey. That's, that's right. a good point. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, I'd be interested to see what they think in terms of their ability to get the eyeballs to watch playoff games in July and August. You know, I mean, that's that's the time when people are away from TVs and and aren't necessarily, yeah, they're on vacations and whatnot, but you know what I think they should do. Look at what, look at how, how have we spent our last several July 4th weekends, not this year, but you know, the last four or five years. I mean, we've yeah, it's been more, more time food. to watch when you are on vacation. You're right. You're winding yeah. down. You're not trying to, you can sleep in in the morning. You know, you can have some beers in the middle of the week. There's a lot to be said for playoff time on a vacation week or two. Plus people will take time off. That's when they traditionally right. do. So they might, you know, travel and go to some of the games and things like that. So, you know, there's something to be said for having the playoffs in a bubble in general that way too. Like the way that the Super Bowl is held in rotating cities and they vie for it, you know, there's a revenue opportunity there to take, you know, and they, and they can even do it where the Eastern Conference is in one place and the Western Conference is another and then they merge for the finals in this one place, but that could become a vacation destination to go watch a, a series or whatever, go watch the finals in Miami, go watch the final. And, and if you did it in July, you could go watch the finals anywhere and it would be decent weather, right? People could sure. in July, you can host that and vacation. And, and I'm not saying you can't in June if they did it as more of a destination, but you know, this whole concept of home and away and home court advantage, you know, I, I'm not sure. I guess it still comes down to revenue for that home team. If they get if they get to the finals, they're not going to want to give up that revenue. That's not happening. I scrap yeah. that. Scrap it yeah. immediately. That's well, and, and also just looking at the NCAA tournament over the last several years, where you know they've gone to this very antiseptic kind of bubble form, not bubble format, but but kind of these, you know, they'll have these games in in you know very antiseptic environments with the same the court and it's you know, there's no home feel to it there's no uh i mean they try to have them geographically located for certain you know to have home teams but you know i think that there's the ability to have the, the fans involved and i think in particular when we get to the end of all this <laughs> whatever that might be uh that i think that's going to be something that people are really going to want to uh, experience and enjoy um who knows when the hell that is but I, you know, I think that there's a there's a lot to be said for for that fan experience. I'm just staycation dollars, staycation sure. staycation yeah. dollars going to watch your team 
in the postseason. The only problem is you can't predict that they'll actually be there. But all right, we got to move on. We're already halfway through the show, and the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. There you go. Pow. Pow. It's like, we haven't had an ad in a while. It's like I've been doing this my whole life. BetOnline.ag, bitches. <laughs> hey, so, uh, so, uh, what are what Celtics really? Do you want to talk about the Hayward stuff and whether they move it around? Whether they look at moving him? You know, what about what about like Minnesota trying to trade out a number one and yeah. Boston? You know, trying to find some sort of salary match. Does Minnesota have any ugly salaries? Like, could you do something like that? Give them a veteran, maybe a couple of other young pieces on rookie deals, and get a number one and and go for like Wiseman and get a seven footer in here with, you know, uh, Rob Williams and you know mix it up. Well, let's let yeah let's. Um... Well, let's talk about that because I think I think that there's uh, or the Kemba move. I mean, whoa. doesn't sound like he's untouchable either right now. Well, <laughs> you're really going for it, aren't you? I mean, you're you're you're, just, you're wound on this one. You're like, we're gonna trade them all out. We're gonna change the whole thing around. It's gonna be completely different. I want to get younger. <laughs> And add some low-priced veterans to just round out that locker room. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, you get rid of. I think you get rid of Kemba, or you get rid of, uh, you know, Hayward. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know where this team is. You know, are they? You know, are they top four in the East anymore? I, probably not. I, I guess it depends on what you're getting back, right? I mean, are you shooting for? Are you? shooting past the window for next year and avoiding contention and, and trying to shoot for kind of the middle of when both of those guys are in the, you know, the having 20, $30 million um, cap hits, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of, there's, there's like a window they have right now before Tatum's number hits. And then the whole thing has to shift um, in terms of how the salaries, you know, kind of shake out. So let me ask you, I guess it comes down to how injured do you think Kemba was and can they win a championship, you know, uh, with with Kemba being, you know, the defensive liability? I know he had a lot of effort, but are you chalking up most of that limitation to injury or are you saying that that's a legitimate deficiency for this team trying to win a championship i think that's the answer to the question i love kemba don't get me wrong i love him you know that was a huge win with Kyrie leaving 
they exceeded expectations this season right up until it seemed like they had a real shot at winning the championship and then we were pissed you know but on our last show that's the stock that's you know that's where we put our stock where were we at the beginning of last year everybody said they weren't going to be competitors and then by the end we're pissed they didn't go to the finals so you know that 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 right there tells you everything you have to say about Kemba's impact right so yeah. i'm not trying to i am not being a negative down on Kemba Nancy, I'm just saying, like, if we're being realists, can they can they actually win that championship based on some of the limitations that were exposed? And I'm sure the answer is, yeah, if they get a big man who can really, you know, help them out um, versus big man rotation, you know, by committee. Sure. But then that's going to cost something to do that. And are they available? Blah, 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 blah. But as constituted, no major roster changes. Um, in terms of any significant sort of like star swap that Hayward goes out and, and really does something at the center position, can they, can they do it with Kemba? And what's your, what's your take on the injuries impacting well, playoff performance? Okay. Look, they had, they had, they got less than what they bargained for, for $60 million or almost $70 million of, of cap money, right? Between Kemba and Hayward. Hayward was effectively a non-factor for one, not uh, all but one, well, two games. Let's say game, you know, the, the game five and then against Miami and then that first game when he gets hurt at the end. Apart from that, he was a non-factor for the rest of the playoff run. Kemba had good games, particularly early on. You know, uh, he looked good in the, in the, uh, in the Philly series. Um, he looked pretty good in the uh, Toronto series in part until, you know, and then and then it really wasn't quite up to par against Miami. I think that they're probably their best bet. I mean, I'm somebody who wants to change it all up and shake it up and, you know, make it, you know, let's win it all, win it all costs for now. But I'm not sure that that's their best foot forward at this point. You know, I, you can you can cash in on Hayward. And turn that into something, but he's an expiring contract with, you know, thirty-five million dollars. And where are you going to send that and get something back? I'm not sure you're going to get enough assets in return, in terms of long term, to shoot for that kind of second window that we were talking about before. Um, and with Kemba, I'm concerned about the knee, but see, that's it's like a medical thing. Like no one is being quite upfront about what the deal is there. They're not talking about what the issue is. There's no surgery that's going to be involved. Um, you know, is an arthritic, is it an, is it an arthritic knee? Yikes. You know, you trade him anywhere. They're going to have to look at that. Um, so, you know, you got to hope, I guess you can, you can get through that. The one thing I'd say about Kemba, and I'm just looking at the playoff numbers kind of as, um, as we were talking about this, he shot 31% from three point land in the playoffs. That's all playoffs. That's just against Miami, 31%. Like they're just, that's not going to go very far. He wow. was 29%. You know, Marcus Smart, 33%. You know, <laughs> that's just not going to work. You know, um, Tatum was 37, Jalen Brown, 35, uh, almost 36%. You know, but if you're, if you have, you know, really your other three best players shooting sub average percentages for, for three point percentage per game, you're, you're just not going to get it done. Right. I mean, that, that, you know, so, you chalk it up as well, you know, it was a, it was a lark, um, and and hope to get people healthy. 
which hasn't been Hayward's name for the name of the game, but oh god, it's such a heartbreaker. It is a heartbreaker. It's a That's heartbreaker exactly with Kemba too. Like I'm not trying to. It's a heartbreaker yeah. for for Hayward because it's over and over. But the only yeah. people on this team that stay healthy are the young players. So let's circle Ooh. back. James Wiseman, what do you want to do here? You I, you know? know, I don't think you're gonna get him. I don't think no, you can get. I don't, no. I don't think you have. You know, I think that I think there's a lot of good sense in trading up and trying to get into that lower tens. You know, kind of middle of the lottery, seven, eight, nine, ten area. I think there's a lot of makes a lot of sense to overpay and get to that spot. You know, take thirty, twenty six, and uh, and thirty. Um, and, and try to get something. Um, if you can get a low, you know, get it something in the, in, in the second round too, that would be nice, but you don't need three picks. Lord, you don't need three, three number one picks on this team. I, I, I'm not a big believer in what Carson Edwards can do, but I think that Romeo needs time. I think Grant Williams needs time. I think they're, they, they are NBA players. They have the potential to be NBA players. You don't toss those aside, but I think you need, higher value, higher quality. And I think there's some guys there in that spot that could be very helpful. Um, but the question is, what's Brad Stevens going to do? Is he going to start playing rookies? Is he going to start playing young players? Because what he did with Grant Williams is probably malpractice. And Rob Williams probably isn't that far behind, you know, in terms of his inability to play them and to try to use them. You mean during you know. the regular season or in the postseason? I think I just, both. Yeah, you I mean, know. I definitely, definitely I, in the regular season. But I, Grant Williams got some good run in the postseason. You know, um, you know, a little bit enough. by necessity. But I, that's why I asked you to clarify. I get you. Yeah, not enough. I mean, that, that was my issue. Is that in the regular season, and, and and some of this is the fact that look, the whole the whole league shut down on March 13, and you know, who knows what would have happened over that last month. It's traditional that Brad Stevens takes that last month and does play his rookies more. So it happened with Terry Rozier. It's what happened with Jalen Brown. It's what happened with all these guys. All those guys who had to earn it and didn't play much ended up getting that time later on. But the problem to me is there's too many rookies. There's not enough veterans that, you know, they need, they need people on that bench. Like if you're not going to get anything out of Carson Edwards, you know, then what's the value of having him on your roster? You know, are you developing him? I mean, what's what's his feeling? What's his future? Where you, where is the team going with him? Um, I don't think he's incapable. I mean, he certainly knows how to score. I don't know if he's an NBA scorer. He has to find ways to do that. But like, I just that was that's the problem. As I look at that Celtics roster, it's just. All of these rookies, just rookie upon rookie. And part of that is, yes, when the draft came, remember, Danny Ainge did not know that he was going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was going to have a team that could compete for that. He was still trying to work out the whole Kemba Walker. That seems to get lost in history, is that he didn't have Kemba Walker in the draft last year. There's a lot that's happened in the last, you know, 15 months. But, but now, okay, now we know where we are. We have a short window. To me... I want to consolidate those picks, get as much as I can out of this draft, because I don't think they can turn those draft picks into a, into a veteran player and combine them and try to get a veteran. I think they try to consolidate, consolidate, 
and maybe open up a couple spots for some veteran minimum guys, maybe a mid-level, but I don't think they're going to have the money for that and try to run it back effectively, put a lot more on the shoulders of guys like Grant Williams and Romeo Langford and Robert Williams. And knowing that those guys are going to have to carry the load, but know that there are veterans who've been there and done that, you know, instead of looking to Jim <laughs> Javante green and be like, okay, Javante, you know, we need some, we need, we need 10 good minutes because, we're thin at the on the wing because you know Gordon Hayward turned his ankle again. You know, it's just it's just that's that's not a realistic or or fair expectation of the player. So who goes? We'll wrap on this. Who goes? Uh, Cantor probably gone. Cantor's right? gone. Cantor, huh? Cantor's gone. Yeah, Can, Cantor's. Yeah, it sounds like Cantor's gone. Um, Wanamaker. Shemmy's yeah. gone. Shemmy's got to be gone. Yep. I don't think they're going to re-sign Wanamaker. I don't I think, either. I mean, I think he's, you know, they could do worse, but I, I don't think he comes back. So now you're down to 14 spots in the roster. I think they'd love to get rid of Poirier. I think they'd love to send him somewhere and get get off of his money because he just did absolutely nothing all season. Um, so, you know, they open up roster spots. If they can get rid of Poirier, May take a draft pick to do it. Does he have one more year? One more year with like two two and a half million. And now because there's going to be taxpayers, that two and a half million becomes like four or three and a half or something. So (laughs) it's it's you know it's not good. (laughs) You know he's not a four million dollar player. No, Uh, I think they can find veteran minimum bigs that they can sign to fill that big body of the canter role. Um, you know, and I, and, and if Do that they means keep they, taco, see, I think they can sign taco to another two year, a two, two way deal. I yeah. think he's a two way deal guy. I think Tremont waters is, is an NBA. I think he should be your 15th man. You, you, you think know? he should be in the Carson Edwards slot. I think he, right. Because I think Tremont waters is a guy you could bring in and he could groom into that Shane Larkin role, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's what Carson Edwards is. I think Carson Edwards needs to get some confidence somehow, and I'm just not sure with the log jam ahead of him that he's going to be able to get there. If he comes into you know training camp in in, in December and is lighting it up, yeah, he's he, he's he got R, you know he's got R J Hunteritis. He could be, yeah, could be. He's, RJ, he's got R J Hunteritis. He's out. So so if you can get off that, I think I think that's probably you know. If, if, if he's enough of a plus asset, you can put him with Poirier. That'd be nice, but that's that means you gotta spend three and a half million out. Uh, that might be tough to do. But yeah, I mean, I think I think if you get Tremont in that in that 15th man role, where sometimes he's playing with you and he's he's you know he's competing. Other times you're setting him up to main so he can get seasoning. He can work on his shooting. He can work on you know all that. And and then and, you know, but you need him from time to time. But you start to fill out some some of these vets, and and I can't come up with a list because I don't really know who's going to be out there. Or I don't even know what the, the salary. We don't even know what the salary cap. I was just like. going to say there's going to be some interesting moves around the money. <laughs> the money is going to throw some serious wild cards out. There's going to be teams, I think, to that point, that we're going to be surprised that are going to be sellers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's gonna be teams, 
and I and I don't know anything, but I'm just saying, look, look at Indiana, okay? Oladipo has got a year left on his deal, you know. Uh, I understand, you know, they say it doesn't make sense with Hayward and everything. Why would they give away, you know, Miles Turner? I think that there's going to be teams like that that are not the, the deepest of pocketed owners, and they're going to be like, yeah, we can't make this go. We can't sustain losses of, you know, multiple, you know, tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions. Knowing of we can't win a championship right now exactly. or or put people in the seats. Right. They're not in that spot. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're good, but they're not going to be in that, in that place. And I think that there's other teams that are, that are similarly going to be there. Um, you know, Utah Jazz. I mean, where, where, where are they going? You know, they're good. I think a lot of those teams in the West, like somebody said, well, all those teams in the West are all going to be competitive. Really? You think so? Because there's somebody's going to, yeah, sure. Though, you know, Golden State probably much better. And, and, uh, you know, a number of these teams are going to jump up the board, but there's still going to be what seven teams aren't going to make the playoffs in the West. Somebody's going to have to make a decision, you know, what's Sacramento going to do, right? They just blew up their whole general managing core. Um, What's going to happen there? You know, um, you know, the Spurs, where are they headed? So I, I, all I'm saying is, like, I think the East, the top of the East is deeper, actually, than the top of the West at this point. I know no one believes that. The Lakers just won a championship, sure. But I would much rather face the eight playoff teams from the West than the eight playoff teams from the East in the 2020. Yeah, I saw you tweet that. Yep. I still believe it. I, yeah. you know. I just Denver doesn't scare me. Utah doesn't scare me. Oklahoma yeah, it's, it's City the, doesn't scare me. It's the me. grunting. It's the grunting. The West Coast style of ball is up tempo, and it's it's. I don't the, think they're it's tough. The, it, it, no up tempo. The, yeah, the, no, no, I know. I yeah, but but that's what I mean. The toughness is like you look at the Eastern Conference, and all of a sudden it's a grinder. You know, right. it's a grind. It's a gr- we saw it with the seas. It's a it's the a Lakers, gr- yeah. Yeah, the Lakers had that grind in them because LeBron. Well, the size, Anthony Davis and LeBron, and then, you know, a couple of key vets, even Rondo. And, you know, as much as I hate Dwight Howard, you know what I mean? Like he's definitely physical, but even not even just so much about like physical toughness, but also mental toughness, the mental toughness that that Laker team has all coming from LeBron James. And if you had told me I'd be saying this 10 years ago, you could punch me in the face because I would not have any belief that I would be saying the mental toughness of LeBron James is the difference. But LeBron James' mental toughness is absolutely the difference. And, you know, you look at that. Who else do you look at and says, well, boy, they're really mentally tough out there in the West? Kawhi, sure. But apart from that, the Clippers folded like a sheep ten. You know, Chris Paul's never won anything. Has uh, anybody who's been a multi-time league MVP won a championship with three different clubs. I don't think so. That's he's got to be the only. I, mean, I don't know if that stat I mean, came out or right. not. I don't Kareem, know. If that's, obviously, I mean Kareem obviously, you know, did it twice, and you know, he did it in, in Milwaukee and L.A. But yeah, um, Shaq, Shaq only won in in Miami and in uh, in L.A. So almost yeah, got one in Boston, but didn't. Yep. Almost got one. That's right. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. let's also say this. Um, yeah, even even if Shaq was close, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't 
<laughs> it wasn't the same as LeBron. He wasn't a top yeah. three player. You know, he wouldn't have been a top three player on that final team, right? No. So, right. That's yeah. And, that's, and if if LeBron pushes over the edge to get to to MJ's six, he's not. I don't think he's going to be that top. It's it's going to be because Anthony Davis is the leading guy, and LeBron is in a is in a you know supporting more more of a supporting role. I don't think he'll ever be. Yeah. yeah, he won't be one A. He'll be one. He'll be one B or two. Yeah, he's not going to be Taco. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. He'll be he'll be in the mix, but no, I you know I just it's it's interesting to me to see you know this all over the West and this and that. Like to me, to get through the East is, is a tougher road. The Celtics they went through hell against Toronto, and they put Miami through hell, and Miami didn't have enough left. I mean, just. Just look at what they had in that game one before all those injuries. They, you know, they had they had kind of just they'd done all they could. But even still, the mental toughness, speaking of that mental toughness piece of what Jimmy Butler did, and that to me, you can say whatever you want about the skills and everything that that Jalen and Jason need to work on. It's what Jimmy Butler kind of that mental thing of like this is what my team needs right now to win, and some, that's something you usually get with experience. But, like, that's what those guys need to lead this team to the next level. I don't think it's about skill work. Yes, I'd like them to be better passers and, you know, defend more consistently and, you know, all the sure, shoot better, you know, okay, we all know those things. But to me, it's about the leadership component, when to shoot, when to take over, when to get other guys involved. And can you blame them? 22, 23 years old. The reason why, you know, LeBron James was not doing that 22, 23, or even 25, 26, it takes time. We got to be patient. Bring on more young players then. <laughs> All right, man. Let's wrap this. We'll talk, we'll talk about the, how about we talk about the draft next time? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's your thing. And draft. we'll just be a couple of weeks away. And um, that's kind of cool. I, I like how quickly after the finals. I mean, I know it's not really that different normally, but it's still a little different, you know. It's closer. I, it, it, I mean, it's it, usually closer, but yeah. But yet, it feels like it feels like oh, that's really close. I think yeah. it's partially because we haven't been paying any attention to the draft for the last six months. I haven't, you, you know. But I haven't seen any of these guys play. And and what have they done? This is the thing that I've heard so many of these guys say, what are these guys working on in the last, you uh, know, nine, 10 months? Right. Because like, it's, uh, I mean, could you imagine like <laughs> these guys, all these guys are doing is playing basketball and working on their game. So they, some of these guys could be with like completely different prospects, yeah. you know, now, as opposed to where they were, not all of them, dude. Them play. not all of them. I'm telling you, what do you mean? Some of them probably been sitting around eating pizza. Well, yeah, but right, right, right. But yeah, that, think about that, it. Think about when think about March Madness and then the draft and the workouts and everything else that's happening in between, you know, and then the cramness of all of this. There's going to be some agents that are going to work some beautiful magic well, and then, for some players that are going to be just not there. Well, and there's limited ability to meet with guys and have them come work out. That's and all my point. I mean, they've supposedly taken those those shackles off, and so now you know you can apparently go wherever you need to go. But 
that's uh, yeah, that's yeah. my point. That's there's, my point. There's, there's going to be some agents yeah. out there that are going to work miracles. They'll never work again. Yeah, it's going to be like selling personal protective equipment in April. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's, oh, a little, that's a little of my professional background. I was going to say. Out. Inside baseball, <laughs> you have no right? idea. This is the Wild West, baby. This is the Wild West. All right. So that's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. We'd certainly appreciate a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And John and I, really a heartfelt thank you to everybody who's been sticking with us. This is going to be the best off season in a long time because it's going to be bang, 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 bang. And then we're going to be right back into it, which I appreciate because August is probably my least favorite month most years. I really enjoyed August this year. And then pow, 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 there is no August. So that's great. So we just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. We're going to be back. And uh, for staff writers, say it. And the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. For my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Celtic Stuff Live. <laughs>